This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we are committed to building professional development systems, including project management and people leadership programs that support the growth of engineers and their firms. Download our AE Industry Trends Report for insights on the great resignation, remote work productivity, and people-centric cultures. To get your copy, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. As extreme weather and flooding become more common, demands on water systems are outpacing their ability to deliver water safely, affordably, and sustainably. That is why in today's episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast, we'll be joined by Colby Manwaring, VP of InnoVise at Autodesk, who is an expert in the field of water management. Colby will be sharing his insights on how digital technology is being used to improve the design, the analysis, simulation, asset management, and risk mitigation of water systems. We'll also be exploring the benefits of using digital twins to optimize performance and improve decision-making through an asset's life cycle. I'm your host, Jared Green, and I'm excited to be bringing you another episode of the Geotechnical Engineering Podcast. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our sponsor for today's episode, that being Keller. By connecting global resources and expertise with local knowledge and focus, Keller develops innovative, practical, and cost-effective solutions to geotechnical challenges, including deep foundations, ground improvement, groundwater control, liquefaction mitigation, releveling structures, slope stabilization, supportive excavation, underpinning, and instrumentation and monitoring. Keller builds projects designed by others and offers complete design-build services for any geotechnical construction application. Keller was founded in 1860 and is the largest geotechnical specialty contractor in the world, with operations in over 40 countries across five continents. With a North American presence of over 100 years, Keller operates as the market leader with over 60 offices throughout the U.S. and Canada and is the sole source for a complete geotechnical construction solution optimally designed to meet clients' needs. To learn more about Keller, visit our website at www.keller-na.com. All right. Welcome to the show. Colby, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. It's great to be on with you. We're excited to have you here. And um, I think it would be great if we could set the stage by you. Just introduce yourself, tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and your current role. What is it that you do? So I'm a licensed civil engineer, but the focus of my career has been in engineering software, creating software solutions that empower engineers and specifically water professionals to do their jobs faster and better. I started in graduate school as a software developer working in an environmental modeling software startup, and I loved it. I had subsequent roles in um, all the disciplines that create a great engineering software company, customer support and training, uh, marketing and sales management, product management, and ultimately executive management. I've lived and worked around the world, the UK, Australia, uh, a few places around the US, Spain, and in various size companies from you know the 27-person private startup company to the 12,000-person public company. And that's where I am currently. I'm the vice president of InnoVise 
at Autodesk. Those of you not familiar with Autodesk, you know, one of the um, premier global engineering software companies serving the whole spectrum of civil engineering. I guess my philosophy or my motto um, for many years has been that water is life. I've made a career out of that as well. Did you always know you wanted to kind of land in water? I guess there's a pun in there somewhere, but did you always know you wanted to be in water as your focus? Wanted to jump into water, wanted to make a, make splash, a splash in water. That's yeah, what yeah. I should have said. <laughs> did you always know or is this something that you kind of landed in? I kind of gravitated toward water during my graduate work. I would say that I've always loved water and I'm a great water sports guy. And um, I've got, I guess, an affinity for looking after natural resources, being in the engineering profession. It just all added up to something that is really very fulfilling for me. Uh, something that affects everybody, every society, every day is water. And the opportunity to kind of apply, you know, engineering skills and practices to improve our world, our society, just really appealed to me. So it wasn't a master plan, but it's worked out um, really well for me. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about Innovise and, um, you know, the actual role in the water industry? Because I think about the water industry, it's big, right? There's a lot of different aspects that people can focus on. But what is it that you guys focus in on? Yeah, so at Innovise, we've spent over three decades of empowering water experts around the globe with software solutions. So thousands of water and wastewater utilities, engineering consultants, flood management agencies, water infrastructure asset managers around the globe in 86 countries use Innovise solutions. We've always aimed to enable water professionals to plan, design, operate, and maintain the full life cycle of water infrastructure assets. And now, as Innovise um, joined Autodesk um, almost two years ago, we have the opportunity of enabling that same outcome across all civil infrastructure assets. The snapshot of Innovise is that uh, we are engineering software providers. We have focused on water utilities and all you know the ecosystem around water utilities that provide safe drinking water, sanitation services, flood protection, and water quality services. And um, as I said, I've loved it personally in my career, but Innovise as a company has dedicated thousands of people and several dozens of years to improving the water industry. Even though I'm a civil engineer, I definitely take water for granted. I take my access to fresh water supply. I take it for granted, if I'm being completely honest. And I'd be curious to hear some of the biggest challenges that are facing the fresh water supply today. It's not unusual to kind of forget about it or to take it for granted, as you've noted. One of the things that you often hear is that you know water is a human right, which I agree with. However, it doesn't just happen magically or automatically. There's got to be, I know there's a fair amount of work that goes into supplying fresh drinking water and the safe sanitation services and so on. Some of the biggest challenges facing the world's fresh water supply today are, I have three points. One is aging infrastructure and aging workforce. The water systems are failing more spectacularly, and I mean that in a bad way. And many of the experts who have planned operated and maintained those systems are approaching retirement. That's a big challenge. Second, the efficient distribution of clean water is a big challenge. Water leakage from supply systems is staggering. Over 6 billion gallons or 9,000 swimming pools worth of water a day 
is leaked. That's according to the ASCE infrastructure report card. That's a huge waste of energy and the money to collect, treat, and send that drinking water out. The third challenge is that flooding and sewer overflows contaminate a meaningful amount of fresh water supplies every day. Water quality is a big issue. And so that's the third challenge facing our fresh water supplies. When I think of challenges, I try to put my other hat on, right? And and I guess that's the optimist hat. And it's like, well, there's got to be opportunities. The challenges have to be opportunities. So what are water utilities or how are they using digital technology to tackle these challenges? I mean, how are they seeing these as opportunities? The use of digital technology is not extremely new in the water industry. It, it, and it goes back decades. Innovise has been at this for uh, 35 plus years. But there is a an increasingly large opportunity to use more sophisticated digital technology to tackle the challenge I outlined. First, I can talk a bit about you know, the core strength of Innovise and, and that digital technology. So hydraulic modeling is the first stage digital technology that most utilities use, using products like our InfoWater Pro product, for example. This helps them understand their water system, plan for proper management and operations, and troubleshoot various scenarios so that water utilities are prepared to operate and maintain their system properly. Second stage that we see a lot of water utilities entering, or frankly, outside the US and in Europe, many water utilities have, uh, have tackled this second stage you know, a decade ago, but that is water infrastructure asset management solutions. Things like the Info360 asset product allow water utility asset managers to understand the condition of their infrastructure assets, to keep inspections up to date, and to create an asset management plan that enables efficient spending on maintenance and replacement to prevent those spectacular failures. What I'm seeing more recently, you know, in the last five to six years, is merging those two stages I just mentioned, hydraulic modeling and asset management with real-time data monitoring and analysis that's the ultimate solution now being undertaken by leading water utilities. So you've probably heard the term digital twin, and perhaps we can talk a bit more about that later, the detail, but this idea of creating a digital twin, a virtual representation of a water system with the operational and behavior responses to input in real time, allows utilities to understand their system, know what's happening right now, and forecast what will happen next. The best digital twins provide guidance on what to do about that next thing too. That's the exciting possibility that we're confronted with now is using digital twins to more efficiently and cost-effectively tackle the challenges we discussed earlier. We digitize things all the time, right? But when you try to digitize a water system, that's got to be challenging. Now, how does that compare to other industries when they're trying to digitize things? How would you compare that? So there are some common challenges with other you know, civil engineering industries. And one that's the, one of the most four most challenging um, points is the loss of as-built data. So literally, we don't know what we have is a challenge. This um, in water, though, is a bit special in that a lot of the infrastructure, a lot of the assets that we have are hidden, right? They're underground, short of digging it up. You're not quite sure what you've got unless someone kept good records and kept that as-built data, which, frankly, they, they often did not. As-built data and the fact that we're dealing with hidden uh, underground infrastructure a lot is a unique challenge in the water industry. The second 
challenge is, um, frankly, lack of willpower and funding. If it's not broken, don't fix it. That mantra, it permeates the water industry. And it's something that all of civilization has relied on since the beginning of time is a water supply. And as such, um, there are very good systems in place. And we tend to forget about them if they're working. So kind of that lack of willpower and funding to really dig in and digitize water systems is a big challenge. Well, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the digital twin. You hinted at that. If you could take some time to kind of explain to us what a digital twin is, you know, how can it be used to improve decision making and how can it also lead towards optimized performance? So a digital twin is a virtual representation of a real world system. There are a few levels of sophistication of digital twins. The first level of digital twin is an asset model. That is simply a what do you have and what condition is it in type model. So building a digital twin involves this as-built data. It could involve sending assessors out to the field to say, you know, do we have water tanks? What's the condition of the pump? Do we have information about the pipes? But you build an asset model so you know what you have. The second stage of a digital twin is a performance model. So how are the assets performing compared to their intended purpose and function? And that can be really valuable, you know, to kind of compare the design to the actual performance of a system. The third level of a digital twin is a behavioral model. So that answers the question of what is the operational status of assets and what will happen next? What actions could or should be taken to optimize outcomes? An example from Innovise, we've got a system called Info360 Plant. It's a great example of that third stage behavioral model where we know what assets are there, we can catalog the assets and, and their performance, and then we can start giving it inputs and get the behavioral outputs so that we can increase dosing in the treatment plant, for example, or we could decrease pumping during peak energy hours. Ultimately, that digital twin is not a single one-size-fits-all type entity. It comes in several stages. Each stage has a purpose and, uh, and a value. But ultimately, we do want to get to that behavioral model stage that gives us an operational digital twin that you know helps us in real time. I understand you have a model that your team has been constructing for um, I think it's Jackson's Water Distribution Network. Tell us a little bit more about how that's being used to pinpoint issues in the system. I think that's something that can help a lot of folks that are in this industry. The city of Jackson, Mississippi, did not have a, any level of digital twin. They had a system that was operating, that was working, until some you know, catastrophic events happened and, and it stopped. It was, it was one of those spectacular failures, as I'm sure you're aware. So we are now assisting the city and their engineering consultants to build the basic digital twin a hydraulic performance model of their water distribution system using our InfoWater Pro software that tells us, or we're creating a model that tells us, you know, where are the pipes, what valves are there, what pumps are there, etc. This will enable understanding of the intended system performance and will also allow water engineers to try out changes to operational settings to see how pressure and delivery across the system is affected. It'll also assist in troubleshooting unexpected events in the system by allowing engineers to pinpoint the likely causes of problems. And of course, it also allows planning and design of actual system improvements, how to repair and replace the network most efficiently. 
I mean, you have to build a model. I guess in this case, you didn't even have a digital twin, but like, what kind of challenges are associated with building these models? And and if there are challenges, how do you overcome them? So with the um, you know with the Jackson example, it's not terribly unique. There are very common challenges we saw there. One, just getting current system data. So the GIS data that Jackson held it was it was actually pretty good. So that was a great start. But we're still searching for some of the details like valve status data. So we can get data that tells us where valves are in the system and where pipes are in the system. But we don't have information saying, is that valve open or is it closed or is it half open? And, you know, that's the kind of thing you got to know that to effectively apply mathematics and get flow data for the system. That goes back to, as we were saying before, the typical challenge is, is as-built data or current condition data for the physical assets in the system. The second challenge that um, came up and comes up very frequently all across the world is the ease of use and the cost of a digital solution. So we're working on that every day, of course. Being part of Autodesk has enabled Innovise to meaningfully reduce the entry costs for new modeling projects, but it still takes people and time, both of which you know cost money. And so that's a challenge where Perhaps the funding has been reduced where water utilities are asked to do you know, more with less. It can be prohibitive to even get started on a digital twin. Well, let's say if you had to look towards the future, what do you think will be the next big technological breakthroughs in water management? I see real-time operational management as the, the next big step in water management, more where water utilities might operate more like a power utility where situational awareness is high, reaction to events is immediate, and public knowledge of usage and cost and best practice in managing their resource, in this case water, is common knowledge. I'm sure you have the ability to take a look at what power your house is using at any moment during the day. And you're also pretty aware of, you know, what are the things that you do that increase or decrease your cost for electricity? And all that's predicated on having a operational management system that has that high situational awareness. So I think that's the technological breakthrough that we're approaching in water management with sensors being more available and less expensive, software systems like those from Innovise, more easy to use, more available in multiple platforms. It enables that base, I guess, technology platform to let everybody from the user to the manager to the public official understand what's happening at their water utility in real time. That would be fantastic. That's what I'm aiming for. You see that also taking care of leak detection as well? Oh, absolutely. Right. Real time knowledge, high situational awareness. It becomes very apparent if you say, hey, hold on, there's a bunch of water leaving our system and we don't know where it's going. Oh, well, that's probably leakage. How can geotechnical engineers ensure that technological advances are used in an ethical and, let's say, a sustainable way to address water challenges? Well, fortunately, more efficient and effective water management is inherently ethical and sustainable. So there's not a lot of controversy there. One of the reasons I love being in in the water arena. But if I could suggest an area to focus on, active and ethical management of the data needed to drive these um, digital twins is key to improving infrastructure sustainability. Now, that asset data, the performance data, the design data, that has to be 
safeguarded and it has to be managed properly and carefully. The technology solutions that are built need to have that as just baseline uh, functionality or, or table stakes type functionality. And I think a lot of um, geotechnical professionals understand that that data that drives these technology or these technological revolutions forward is inherently valuable, is the key to our success. So not just in water, but in all civil infrastructure, the ability or the, the focus on active and ethical management of data is key. We're going to come back in just a minute and close this one out with Colby in our Career Factor Safety End segment. Stick around. All right, welcome back. Well, it's time for our Career Factor Safety End segment. In geotechnical engineering, just like many disciplines of engineering, it's important to incorporate a factor of safety into your design. But what about incorporating a factor of safety into your career? Today, of course, we're speaking with Colby Manwaring, VP of Innovise at Autodesk. Colby, you've already had a very successful career. And when you look back on your career, what's one thing you've implemented, or maybe a few things you implemented in your career to give yourself a factor of safety in your actual career? I've taken on a lot of roles in business across my career, from software developer to you know, sales manager to customer success and uh, training coordinator. And I think that um, my factor of safety has been saying yes to new roles or opportunities that aren't right in my comfort zone. If you'd looked where I started as a software developer, it wasn't necessarily in my comfort zone to go and stand up in front of 150 continuing education professionals and present and teach. But I maintained the outlook that saying yes and doing new things would allow me to grow personally and professionally. And I've loved it as I started to say yes to more things. Somebody's listening and they're like, wow, I wish I could reach out to them. I have another question or I want to know more about this. What's the best way for people to find you? You have an email you want to share we could put in the show notes or, or you know, social media. People could find you there. I'm on LinkedIn. Fortunately, I have a somewhat unique name, Colby Manwaring, so there are not that many. In fact, I'm not sure there is another one out there. So you can find me on LinkedIn pretty easily with a search. You can contact me directly on my email address, colby.manwaring at autodesk.com. Thank you so much for coming on. This is uh, very informative. And when people are drinking that glass of water today, they're going to think about you. So thank you, Colby. I hope so. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions. Please feel free to go to geotechnicalengineeringpodcast.com where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, that being episode 74, as well as links to near the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Until next time, we wish you the very best in all of your geotechnical engineering endeavors. Peace. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.